0: You're listening to the Grind Hours Podcast. At the wall! See ya!
1: See ya!
2: Joining me as he does every Monday, and we're back on the Monday schedule. It is Home Run Derby Monday, as well as the first day of the Jeter documentary. So, depending on which side of the baseball spectrum that you fall on, today's a a glorious day. It is. Home run derby day is always fun, but especially after the first half that we saw in general and just concluded, plus the draft being last night, Sunday night, which I was, when I looked at the last week of scheduling, I was like, there's no Sunday night game. And then I'm like, oh wait, there's the draft. Of course there's no Sunday night game. They want people to tune into the draft. So we will get to the draft in a minute. And this is a long introduction for my good friend and fellow uh, former radio partner, Chris Lynch. Chris, um, unfortunately, we have to talk about your Red Sox at the beginning of this podcast. Um, No, we don't. Yes, we do. It's my (laughs) show, and I want to talk about your Red Sox. And I want to talk about, to begin with, how would you rate their first half overall? Because it's been a roller coaster.
1: Yeah. That's that's how I would rate my Red Sox
2: first (laughs) half
1: overall, because like, okay, so they are three games over 500, which considering how terrible they were in the first month, like month and a half to start the season is impressive that they're able to that they were able to get themselves back into the back into anything resembling competitiveness. The fact that they were able to do anything respectable with. Ivaldi missing a lot of time with Chris Sale missing time to start. And after now he broke a bone in his hand in yesterday's game. Uh, That's really impressive. The fact that they were able to do anything and make something of it. But like, I have no confidence in this team, man. Like, do you need to.
2: That can flip. That can flip in a matter of hours. And I'm saying that at at the trade deadline, you can look at this team Come August 1st, and then at the deadline on August 2nd, you can go, Okay, I'm bought in. Because that happened to me. That happened to me last year at the trade deadline. I was in the same boat that you were in. I was like, This tea? I was actually on the phone with my good friend John. I was walking down to get Chinese food. I ordered Chinese for dinner uh, last year at the trade deadline. And, you know, it takes me 10 minutes to walk down and back from the Chinese food place next to my house. By the time I did that, the Anthony Rizzo trade and the Joey Gallo trade were announced within 10 minutes of each other. Wait, the Gallo trade gave you confidence? Yes, that's how <laughs> looking back on it, it shouldn't have. But, you know, the player that we <laughs> the player that we thought and I have an article coming out about this. The player that we thought we got has not shown up to the Bronx yet. No. Goodness. So but yeah, that's how and Red Sox fans, I could think the same thing with the with the Schwarber trade, because Schwarber was a Phoenix last year. He was the hottest yeah. player in baseball when you got him.
1: Yeah, but my issue with this team overwhelmingly is how well, you know exactly what my biggest problem
2: is the structure of this team.
1: It stinks. It's still like the middle relief still doesn't work. I think
2: it's overworked a little bit because of the, the amount of injuries you've had to your starting rotation. Yeah it's not of all these
1: still not there sale right. is going to miss more time which thankfully the all-star game will give him like a little more time to recover but still i don't like the way that this team is going with unless they are really able to bring in some new pieces and unless they ask how to start making regularly two or three inning saves which is just an enormous amount of workload that you could ask for any closer even one who does have starters experience like well yeah and i don't Hal think
2: that's not sustainable anymore. That's how it used to be with Eckersley and, and guys like that. That, mm-hmm. that that used to be the role in Raleigh Fingers. That used to be, hey, we're gonna give you the ball in the seventh, take us home. That used to be the the role of the closer. That isn't yeah. the role of the closer anymore. It doesn't matter if you're or Chamberlain or, or Tanner Houck, somebody who's came up as a starter. It doesn't matter. That's not how yeah. they're being built. And the nowadays. other thing
1: that yeah, and the other thing that really concerns me about this team is their complete non-committal attitude towards giving devers and bogarts
2: actual money it just we like, don't know that for a certain do you know that for certain has there been reports because i know devers turned down one of the deals has there been reporting i don't know whether it's in the globe or or some other independent reporter about them offering money i haven't heard anything about uh,
1: about uh, about them offering xander money certainly I haven't so, heard anything about Xander
2: being offered any money, which I maybe just think it's just the, those two players, Devers and Bogarts, respectively, just wanting to play the season out, see how it goes. And then going back to the negotiating table. And maybe, maybe it's the all-star game. Maybe they're like, okay, have the representation sit down over all-star weekend and maybe crack out a thing. That's what I'm hoping with, with judges representation. I hope they have a meeting in LA and go, okay, let's hammer this deal out now and let's get it done because as a Yankee fan, that would give me even more confidence going into the second half of the year, knowing that yeah, you Josh guys do- is locked down. Yeah. You guys don't need any more confidence. Cause, uh, uh,
1: I have no reason to suspect your team won't win the world series this year.
2: I don't want to have- get too far. I don't want to get too far. I know that it was a tremendous weekend and Matt Carpenter is the next coming of Babe Ruth because he's just like, he's a God. But and judge on pace to break Maris's record and all that. It was a great first half. It, it's a long season. It's a marathon. It's a soap yeah. opera. We know how, you know, seasons can go and how, you know, tremendous first halves can mean nothing, especially if you don't win the World Series. This team's going to the playoffs. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Win the damn thing. And that's what I'm worried about. But getting back to Devers and Bogard's. Maybe their representation was just like, if we can't hammer around a deal in spring training, especially with the lockout, that's another thing that I, I think a lot of Red yeah. Sox fans and fans in general of, of teams that just want players back, they weren't allowed to talk in the lockout. They weren't allowed. Yeah, that's a,
1: yeah that was a weird point. That, that's a fair point. But like, it, just, like, it just seems a bit striking to me that unless the Red Sox really do believe that Jeter Downs can be like an everyday left side of the infield player and they would be willing to let one or both of their of those guys walk because they believe in downs then like i don't know exactly what the strategy is here guys because you've got two of the best players at their positions right now and they're still pretty young they've still got years they've still got really productive years so I don't know exactly what the holdup is. I don't know what the difference is, if there is a difference as far as like what they want to get paid. I just, I just really hope that, and I've seen the Red Sox foul up contract discussions like this one before. And I've seen like after the Nomar trade, when, when um, uh, the Red Sox were apart from Nomar and that relationship just fell apart and they brought in Orlando Cabrera, they then, failed for another decade to have an actual consistent starting shortstop until Xander. And so I don't, don't like really Marco have... Scudero. <laughs> it was Edgar Renteria, then Julio logo, then yep. two stints of Alex Gonzalez, then a year of Stephen drew, then Marco Scudero. It's like we had across like a decade, we had six or seven different yep. shortstops who were opening for us. And we, we, somehow because that because we this is not the normal model. We won two World Series in that time with three with all those different starting shortstops. And it's like that's not how you're really supposed to be doing this, guys. You're good at like being able to lock up other stuff because you happen to have Ortiz for much of that. You don't have him anymore, and you can't bank on that. Bank on the guys you have and already have developed. Also, well,
2: stop drafting high school
1: shortstops for the love of God. But
2: let me <laughs> let me ask you this question because I, I, I don't know the answer to this, and this is the last <laughs> thing before we get to the draft. Yeah. Um. How was the Dustin Pedroya contract negotiations? Were they messy? Not really. Like they were
1: able to get Dustin. But when was, was it? Those- was it
2: done before a season or was it done after a season?
1: Oh, I don't remember exactly.
2: How, because uh, that could you, you could take that model because both Xander and Devers have the opportunity to mm-hmm. be that player yeah. for this next generation of Red Sox fans. Because but keep in mind Pedroya is yeah. beloved, he's beloved yes. rightfully so. He was a yeah. great, great player. Keep in mind that Pedroya
1: was negotiating not with Kane Bloom, who is working, Yes, Bloom is the most analytically minded of any of the GMs, even more so than Theo. Um,
2: that the Bloom, Red Sox have ever had.
1: Yes. Yeah. The no, I Sox wouldn't
2: say had in had baseball, baseball because that's not I don't think that's true. I think I the people get, out in San Diego or in, in LA and, and in San Francisco. Oh, no,
1: no, no. I mean like, yeah, the, the, of the GMs that the Red Sox have had. Yeah. Cain um, yeah. Bloom is the most analytically minded of the general managers that the, uh, that the Red Sox have had. Even Theo was not quite as, uh, was not quite as like analytically minded and working as, as Cam Bloom is. So it's a different type of GM that's like, um, yeah, it was Theo and then was Ben Charrington. And for a brief time, it was uh, Dombrowski Tombrowski. that uh, that yeah. that Pedroia was working with. So it is a different general manager that they're working with. So I'm but not- But that's and I'm also
2: not... how, you know, speaking of Hein Bloom, that's how this- generation of general manager goes they mm-hmm. don't really nail things down at the in the middle of the season the mm-hmm. middle of the season they're worried about the entire team as a as a whole and how to make that team better to go through the the season which it's, fair enough that is right. big,
1: that really is your job <clears throat> first right. part. so that part's fair
2: but begin so i wouldn't be as worried as I think you are, because, I mean, Devers is the best third baseman in the league. He's going to set his own price point. So, and that's that's the thing with Judge. Judge right now is showing that in 2022, he's the best outfielder you could have in the game right now. That, that's dude, just right now, though.
1: Dude, the Red Sox were willing to walk away from Mookie Betts.
2: Yes, and I think they learned from it. Because you can't listen. The, the Nationals are going through something like this right now. They sold their soul for the 19 World Series. They didn't go after Harper. They did. They chose Strasburg over Rendon, which you know, based off of production, they're both kind of net even at this point. They both yeah. really haven't played, but now they're selling the t- the ownership is selling the team. Juan Soto said. I don't want nothing to do with you. He just turned down 15 years for 440 million. So he doesn't want anything to do with this organization. That's what you risk if you let guys c- continually go. If you don't re-sign homegrown guys and Mookie was a homegrown guy that they just let go. Yes, I know they traded him, but they let him go. If you let guys go, you sabotage your own team from the fan base inward because guys in that organization look at that team and go I don't want to stay here if they don't want yeah. me. I will believe that
1: when I see it. Okay. This is my is my general feeling and this this general manager staff and the way that this team is constructed particularly on the pitching side of things has not earned my trust. So I will I will grant okay. them my trust when they actually earn it. Particularly when they stop drafting dang high schoolers in I'm the just... draft. Particularly when they stop drafting <laughs> high school shortstops. When they don't
2: need any more of those. Well, here and I will. That's a great pivot to um, to the draft. It's like you know how to do this business or whatever. <laughs> um, it's like you have a degree in the same thing I have a degree in. It, Am I a
1: university now? Actually,
2: yes, we are a university. Yes. So, getting to the draft and. I'm sorry, but your guy wasn't there. Neto wasn't there when the, the when the Red Sox picked. And rightfully so. He's a great player.
1: And No, I, I didn't expect him to be there. When, right. Uh, when the but that's right. why
2: you draft high school shortstops, is because all of the good college shortstops, and I know that um, Matt Carpenter's kid was a high school shortstop, which – It's kind of a shame that he didn't get to play for his grandfather in the Cape League, but I I digress. That would have been a great story, great baseball story, but I digress. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but we let
1: Spencer Jones go to the Yankees, and I'm extremely angry with that.
2: So I I texted you about this last night. Um, I know nothing about Spencer Jones. I want you to tell me everything I need to know about this guy.
1: Okay. Um, So. And by the way, let me just make a quick note about um, my team last year, the Brewster Whitecaps. We had three guys who went in the first round of the uh, of the draft. And um, um, let me just get these guys out of the way really quickly. So um, Jones was the third of the guys who went. Mm-hmm. He was our starting center fielder. Zach Netta was the second of our guys who ended up going. He went to the Angels. Everyone out west is in extreme trouble because, um, you know, he's amazing. And um, our first guy who went was Gavin Cross, which he went one pick later than yeah. expected. He went uh, he went instead of going eight to the Twins, he went nine to uh, what was it Kansas City, I think. Yes. Uh, so yeah, he went there, and uh, he'll With be Gavin solid. Cross
2: and Bobby DeWitt Jr. Look out! Yeah, look no, out! That,
1: assuming that they develop correctly, which the Royals have a pretty good pension for developing uh, position players, that's a really good spot for for him to go to. Um, I hope that Neto is able to go up through the Angel system pretty well because they can develop position players. And actually, they read Detmers played for the white caps in 18 yep. and just threw a no hitter for them this season. So, yep. uh, so I guess they like scouting the white caps and then <laughs> Jones, which let I me mean, just say the Yankees scout my team extremely well because, um, Aaron Judge <laughs> is the big is the big one um, that they got uh, one of the a guy who stayed in my house actually is in the Yankees organization Carson Coleman who's a relief pitcher uh, currently at double a yeah so he's there right now and our starting catcher from the 2017 championship team that we had uh, Mickey Gasper is also in double a and I'd be unsurprised if he gets the bump up to triple a pretty soon so they scout. That's
2: a, there's a logjam at catcher because Austin Wells. Yeah. Yeah. They um,
1: scout my team extremely well. But here's the loadout on Spencer Jones. Six foot seven outfielder can really run, hit 300 on Cape Cod, starting center fielder for a championship team for us, and the starting center fielder at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Not an amazing fielder, but a well above that. But I'd say an above average fielder. Um, above average. Kinda like a speed, 60 grade? Um, I'd mm, say like a 55. Okay. as far as that's concerned like he can certainly do it i think your best bet's probably to move him over to left field um okay. would be uh, would be my guess there a consistent bat he's like he's tall he's six foot seven he's rail thin and he's actually got a cool story about uh about white caps his grandparents live in brewster and right. his grandparents are so here's the story on that one he went to as a little kid he, he himself is from uh, encinitas california and played high school ball out there in cali he would come up to brewster for the summer times when he was a little kid and he went to the whitecaps games and he went to we hold camps like clinics and stuff for kids that they can mm. come over and hang out with guys who are gonna get drafted into the pros it's really really cool i did that when i was a kid clearly i didn't work out as well on the diner. <laughs> so it's okay uh, i didn't either So, um, so his grandpa always told him that, uh, you're going to play on this field one day and you're, you're going to play on this field one day because he could see what he, what he had on his hands. So Jones, eventually he goes to Vanderbilt and it comes time for, uh, for his coach saying, okay, I think you're ready to go to the Cape. And Jones goes, you're only sending me to one place. You're sending me to Brewster. Like, you're not sending me anywhere else. I'm going to live with my grandparents, and that's the only option. Because, really, that was the only option. Yep. And so he goes, and he's a rock star. And he was coming off of an injury. Like, he was really only used as a DH at Vandy when they made their run to the College World Series. They were trying to win consecutive championships with Kumar and Jack. Uh um, yeah, he had TJ. He had Tommy John. Yeah, so they only really used him as DH or as a runner. They never used him in the field, but they basically said to us, and this is a thing that happens in the Cape pretty regularly, especially on the pitching side, is if you have a guy who is is coming off an injury and they need to get their legs back under them, you not infrequently will send them to the Cape, especially if they're a pitcher, and say, this guy needs to play. Give him starters innings, and we're just like, cool, we need starters all the time. <laughs> so we so we gave him out big starting outfield time. We used him a few times at the age, but he hit 309 for us. He hit really well in the playoffs. He um, he was a rock star for us. Solid bat can get some real power to it, has enough speed to turn like balls to the gap into triples, has a really long stride. I am so annoyed that the Red Sox <laughs> decided to take two high school shortstops pretty high in the draft when Spencer Jones is sitting right there. It's almost as if you guys who are much closer to the Cape than everyone else <laughs> unable and unwilling to actually send uh, guys down here. Now, to be fair, there are still a lot of there's a lot of the draft to go. We've had the first two rounds in the competitive balance rounds. Yes, there's still 18 rounds of the draft left to go. And there's always going to be guys in those later rounds that, for example, um, off of just our team last year, our best starting pitcher, Bryce Hubbard from Florida State, who um, he threw 31 innings for us last summer. He had 45 strikeouts and gave up a grand total of four runs. Um, he had a 0. 086 ERA. Uh, he was amazing. He's still available. He was the Saturday starter at Florida State. Parker Messick, who uh, was the Friday starter at FSU, went ahead of him. Bryce is still available. And our closer, Dale Stanovich, is also still available. Yes, He's the told me.
2: So, told yeah, you told me about this, dude. This dude's a, yeah. a monster.
1: Yeah, Dale's still available. And um, and what I'll note is that the Red Sox actually did invite him. Dale played for us this season very briefly mm-hmm. um, before he decided to go into offseason mode and just like go work out and uh, go back home and get himself ready without the risk of him by getting him. A- pitching related injury from pitching. So the Red Sox, actually the Red Sox and the Yankees invited him to workouts, but the Red Sox invited him to their workout at their AAA facility in Worcester and the Yankees invited him to their spring training facility in Florida. Yeah. So Dale just went, well, I'm on my way to the Cape. I've already done some stuff with the Yankees. I haven't done anything yet with the Red Sox and he had had last year uh, he had had some phone calls with the pirates. So, um, so he decided that he would go to the Red Sox workout at the A ballpark in Worcester, which is glorious, by the way, like, if you're looking for minor league ballpark experiences, the, the ballpark of the Woo Sox is fantastic anyway. So he had that and it does seem as though that the Sox have invested some real, like some real genuine interest in him. So I hope that they do something correct and like pick one of my guys because man, I just want one white cap to go to Boston. Yeah. Just one. There's so many who are going to the Bronx. I want to actually cheer for one
2: guy. <laughs> really quick before I get to something that that intrigued me about last night. Back on Spencer Jones. Yeah. Did you use him as a starter in the Cape?
1: As a starting pitcher?
2: Yes, or just a pitcher in general. He's not a pitcher,
1: like for us. He was.
2: That's, I'm. He was a pitcher at one point, probably in high school. But yeah, he did have Tommy John. And when I went on my, you know, two a.m. deep dive of Spencer Jones, I saw the the Cape story. I I saw the Brewster Whitecap story, which I knew was right up your alley. I'm like, he's going to tell this story tomorrow. Yeah. And I saw that he had Tommy John surgery, and that he was a pitcher at one point. And I'm like, oh, so this dude can rake because he had the highest exit velocity of all the guys on Vandy this year. And Vandy was a pretty good—I know they underperformed in terms of Vanderbilt standards, but they yeah, were, no, still, they were still a pretty good team. Ball club. So, yeah, no, they
1: were still a good ball club.
2: And I saw that he went to Vandy, and I'm like, oh, that's just that's Major League U. It's like LSU for football. They just produce Major League players. That's what they yes. do. So, I was very excited about that. I'm very happy to have him in the system, and I can't wait to to watch both him at Somerset and him at uh at the Renegades and single and double A, and, and and triple A. <laughs> That's the one thing. That is the one great thing about um the Yankees is that now that they have their high A in uh and in, in with the Hudson Valley renegades, mm-hmm. I can go within an hour. I can see all three levels of, of minor league ball. And I, you bet your sweet ass. I'm going to go see, you know, Spencer when he gets up here, I'm going to see the Martian. Now that he got uh, Jason Dominguez, now that he got promoted to, uh, to high a with Hudson Valley. So um, that's a great thing. and. One thing that intrigued me really quickly before we end the coverage of this draft is probably the most, the biggest amount of coverage I've seen a major league draft in term for baseball, their draft ever get ever. And it was, it looked like the NFL draft. It really did. It looked like the NBA draft. It looked like a big deal. And for a large part of my lifetime, it hasn't been a big deal. That for a lot of years, it was in Secaucus, New Jersey, in the MLB studios. That's where they were, would hold it, and ESPN wouldn't go. Maybe they would send one or two guys, but they wouldn't have an entire broadcast dedicated yeah. to it. They had that this year. the The Major League MLB Network, which I usually watch it on, I actually turn on the ESPN broadcast first because I thought it was the MLB network broadcast. I didn't even know ESPN was carrying the draft. That's how you know that this is changing. And I think it's for the better because I think with the way that the game is shifting, it is shifting more towards younger players and getting them hype about the draft and getting people more in tune with minor league baseball, the, the MLIB um, the, the minor league version of of uh MLB.tv, yeah. that's at an all-time high this year. So the I guess grand introduction of non-professional to low professional baseball is very intriguing to me because it hasn't, it it just there was no coverage of it now mm-hmm. it seems like there's budding coverage of it and i'm actually extremely excited to see where this goes because if we could turn the the major league baseball draft into something where you know for spencer jones for example for a 10 year old to now watch the draft coverage of this guy see his highlight film from bandy and from high school and now follow him through the minor leagues with the accessibility. Of minor league baseball games is just tremendous, and I think it will bring a different type of fan to to the game, yeah because you now you're really following some of these dudes from high school all the way up to the major leagues. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and actually, it was interesting watching the uh, watching the draft because we've got players who are staying at our house, and a lot of the college guys actually do have a real resentment when high school guys get picked. Right. they're just like they they think man this guy has played against guys who are going to be frat bros next year and <laughs> i've played, played against guys who have gone to the college world series and
2: have really right i played game. against kumar rocker i played against yep. jack lighter i played against you know i played insert... against
1: alex i played against alex freeland and curtis burn who are on the current white gaps team right and like Freeland actually is one guy who uh, is probably going to get picked uh, not to uh, not, he's like, we still have a whole bunch of, and I'll be following, I'll, I'll be going out to the golf course with my dad. I'll be following all the stuff that goes down uh, through the rest of the draft um, remotely. Like I'll just be trying my best to see what happens and who, because we still have a bunch of guys from last year's team and this year's team who are going to get picked and who are going to be, you know signing for a whole bunch of money and certainly the early rounds i think you could still for the third round you could still get a signing bonus of like 750 or 800 if you negotiate yourselves correctly and right that's a great signing bonus for yeah. uh, for that spot so and actually we had we had a few years ago we hosted a player mason black from lehigh who dominated out here with us the giants picked him in the third round he's already got the promotion uh, even in just his like first full year of the minors. So there's still a whole bunch of talents. And you're right about your assessment of there's way more coverage of it now, there's way more interest in it now. There's so much more available now. And it yeah. does it does allow for more opportunities to see some unbelievably cool stuff. There's way more chances to see that. And it's a good thing for the sport that they finally figured out how to use their draft in that way. I don't think it'll ever be as big as no. the NFL draft because of the minor league separation.
2: Yes. Because of the way that the system is just there. If Other than Bryce Harper or Steven Strasburg, you know, those guys don't grow on trees. It's not, yeah. Hey, they're drafted five months later. They're in AAA, and a year from that they're in the major leagues. That and doesn't Judge happen.
1: And Mike- Aaron Judge and Mike Trout took years to get to the show. Yeah.
2: Oh, trust me. The amount of years that I just heard, wait till you get, wait till you see this dude come up in the majors. Just wait. It was like four years. It was four or five years where it was. Uh,
1: 13 was his actual draft year. 16, he got called up. He had a home run in his
2: first game. And he wasn't
1: quite there fully. No, but the,
2: the, the level of hype that it was just everybody, like every scout or lower level, like all the reporters were just, in spring training were like, just wait till you see this dude who is hitting absolute moon balls on the backfield. Just wait How correct till you were
1: see they? Him. How correct were they?
2: Oh, they were, well, I mean, he's going to turn into a $400 million player. Of course they yeah. were correct. So I'm just, I'm fascinated with, because I want it to be done correctly. <clears throat> Even though, even with the budding coverage, it could still be, the ball could still be dropped and it could be a just glorious dumpster fire with the way yeah. that it's done. But the opportunity that you have now to really develop, it's kind of like what the NBA is doing with the G league, the G league. Nobody cared about it. Nobody. And now that you, they've transformed it, into basically the the minor leagues of basketball before the draft is phenomenal. And there are guys who are so much more intrigued now with G League coverage. I think based on what this coverage is going to do, and again, the accessibility. Yes, I know it costs a little bit of money, but you can see a guy from single A all the way to the major leagues. And when guys get traded now, they're going to. The attachment that fans are going to have, it's just going to deepen the hardcore fan even more because they're mm-hmm. they're really going to understand the minor league system and yeah. understand and actually watch guys play. You can watch guys play on TV. That is yeah. so <laughs> incredible that we like you and I didn't have access to it. We just yeah, nelson has
1: made. Yeah, Nessen has made deals so that they air Woo Sox games or they air Portland Sea Dogs games now. Yeah. Like not like the Red Sox, of course, still get top billing because like, of course, but yeah, they've made an active effort to try and get their their guys, like their minor league teams to have more visibility. And the Hartford Yard goats have done a really good job of that as well, even though they're in the Rockies organization and yeah. it ain't exactly close to Colorado but yeah there are but, I do know a couple of people in Hartford who like yeah I want to see those guys do well and are like if the Sox and Yanks aren't playing they'll cheer for the Rockies and like now they're interested now the Rockies have people who care across the country who never would have cared about them otherwise. right
2: 2,000 miles away and yeah I think that is go like it's just going to better the game because when all these dudes all of them in the, in the first round, second round of this draft, get get called up. There are going to be fans who have watched every single pitch. There just are. Like, if you fall in love with a dude like Jason Dominguez, for example, now that he is in high-A baseball, his games are televised. So yep. you can watch the Martian from pitch one to his Major League debut. It is going to transform this game, and I am so fascinated by it and i can't wait to see how it blossoms into because i hope it does i really hope it gets to a level of football it's not going to just no. because the the marketability and the the impact that a first round pick can have in the nfl compared to the to major league baseball i mean yeah you know trout wasn't even a first round pick I, i'm uh i don't know no, no, no. trout
1: was trout was late, a late round, first round late round I'm he sorry. was like 19 i think
2: i'm sorry he, he's yeah. he's Giannis. yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure let's go with that i mean there's no like ken griffey jr's jordan
1: like
2: and you know no griffey was a number one pick i know i'm just saying like and really quickly one more thing there two guys that i really really like that got picked really early drew jones i think is going to be a star i i really do i think this dude is it you know and the, the word can't miss has been thrown around a lot. I don't want to say he can't miss, but he's going to be a major league baseball player. And he's going to be a a, a really good major league baseball player for a long, long time. And yes. I am so happy. So, so I, I wish he was in the Mets organization and I wish that that, uh, relationship was mended and smoothed over, but Kumar rocker being reunited with Jack lighter, the Texas Rangers have struck that they, they struck gold again in Texas. Yeah. There is an oil mine that is just going lighter and Kumar are going to do tremendous things for Texas. And I, I'm so happy for Kumar rocker. Yeah. Cause that dude, is, you want to talk about a rock star. That dude is a rock star. Yes. Yes.
1: And Kumar,
2: I was surprised when they picked him that early. Like, I was
1: surprised when anyone picked him that high. I thought he'd be a late back end of the first round type of guy. And he climbed Seven spots. The Mets picked him 10 in last year's draft. And he yep. went third in this year's draft. I'm genuinely really surprised that he went that high. But I was for the entire 2020 Red Sox season, I was just like, nope, just lose every game, tank it, and get Kumar. Tank <laughs> it, and get Kumar. He's that that was my thought process for the entire time. I'm just like, nope, this team is worthless. Just lose every game and draft <laughs> Kumar Rocker so that you might be able to do something correct i still wish we would have actually stuck to that philosophy but whatever i guess really quickly
2: plug your podcast
1: you can find my podcast on uh, spotify apple google and uh, all those different places where podcasts are available spotify is probably your best one and your easiest one to find it on and yeah i've got plenty of things to say about both the uh both the games that were played the Uh, The guys who got drafted and the Cape League All-Stars got announced. So that's pretty neat. So, yeah, uh, we've got plenty to say about all of those.
2: I can't wait for the day. We're speaking about all this uh, draft coverage and and minor league baseball. I can't wait for the the day that, you know, YouTube just gives a big check to to the Cape League to promote their games. That would be tremendous. I, I can't wait for that. And Chris, really, really quickly, before we get out of here, who's your pick for the Home Run Derby tonight?
1: Boy, I don't know, man. I I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Vladdy's in it again, right?
2: I believe so, yes.
1: If Vladdy's in it, I'm putting my money on Vladdy. I I hope you forgive me for not uh, being fully aware of stuff. I've had, like, a lot of stuff I've been paying attention That's to. That's fine. So, but yeah no if if vladdy's in it i have all my money on vladdy i so believe in that dude
2: that's what we call a tease because i'm going to give my pick after the break so uh very good yeah very a a huge thank you for all the the draft insight that you bring to this podcast um best luck on the course hope you shoot under 90 and (laughs) uh and i'll talk to you next week all right brother well,
1: I had the worst round of my adult life uh, on the last time I played, so I can't be any worse than that.
2: <laughs> You're only up from here. You can only get better from here. Yes. Peace, brother.
0: You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts. And I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.
2: SeaGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, music fans, comedy fans, theater fans, fans of tickets. Use my code GRINDHOUR to get into the building to get yourself a seat. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at checkout for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. One more time, code GRINDHOUR, that's G-R-I-N-D-H-O-U-R at checkout. half of this podcast excuse me lots have been going on i will will get to it at the very end of the show but a lot has been going on today we are joined by the cuzzo for all we're sticking with baseball we're sticking with probably the most hyped event in on the baseball calendar and that's the home run derby no better person to talk about it than than Cousin John over here. And and Johnny, um, I'm loading up the odds right now just so I have active odds on it. But since you are not a betting man, who do you have and why?
0: All right. I think if I'm a betting man and I'm looking at the bracket and I think everybody is keen in on the first round matchup of Pete Alonzo and Ronald Acuna.
2: Which, I mean, just, we I will get to the bracket in one second. But just, at, you know what, right now, they, they are depriving us of a second or even a final of that. Why is that the first round matchup?
0: Why? I don't know. I will. I was talking to one of my coworkers this morning, because I'm at work currently. But I was talking to one of my coworkers who's a Mets fan, and they were saying that, you know, they want to see Pujols and Pete Alonso. Pujols
2: Alonzo. is lucky if he makes it out
0: of the first round, man. That's, that's a bit what I think. I think if I'm a betting man, honestly, it's Pete Alonso's to lose. Well, it's Pete Alonso's so to lose.
2: We will go through the bracket, and it's insane that Pete Alonzo, the two-time defending champ, by the way, is a two-seed. He should be the one-seed. He should get Pujols, but the bracket is as follows. One seed Kyle Schwarber against eight seed Albert Pujos, Two seed Pete Alonso versus seven seed Ronald Acuna Jr., which is kind of low for him. Three seed Corey Seager back in his original ballpark with the Dodgers against six seed J-Rod um, Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners. And then the Potentially dark horse matchup of round that's, one.
0: That's what I was gonna say.
2: Juan Soto versus Jose Ramirez, and the odds on everyone. This is from Vegas Insider. Pete Alonso is the betting favorite at plus two hundred. Then Schwarber at plus three three thirty. Juan Soto at plus six hundred. Acuna at plus six fifty. Julio Rodriguez at plus eight fifty. Corey Seager plus 900, very, very low for him. I know he's not a home run hitter, but he knows the ballpark better than anybody in the field. Jose Ramirez at plus 1600 and Albert Pujols at plus 220. or um, 2,200. Yeah, 2,200. So, um, yeah, uh, if I, just based off of the bracket, I think Alonzo has the easiest route to the final. The The final, it looks like, and, and a lot of people have been talking about it, it looks like a Soto-Alonzo final, um, which I wouldn't be upset about. My, again, my dark horse pick is Corey Seager, just as a dark, dark horse pick, because he knows this ballpark. And I know... Yeah. I know Pujols has the most active home runs. I get that. I know he played in Dodger Stadium for a cup of coffee last year. I get that. But my pick, my pick is is Pete Alonso, three P. It's just too perfect. It's a three P. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I think I think this year, I think this year is probably the like it's his it's his to lose on one hand. But at the same time I don't think there has been this many dangerous hitters
2: no this is definitely the most star-studded
0: affair in a while that
2: we've had in a long long time
0: well the, I, no I'm 2019 2018 like the one the year judge won and then the first year Pete Alonso won
2: I thought it the so my the seven the 18 and 19 where it was Judge hitting the roof, even though NASA said nobody, no human could hit a ball on top of the roof. Judge did it. He was peppering balls off of the roof in Miami. And then the iconic Vladdy in Cleveland. I, I, I believe that was in Cleveland.
0: The Pete Alonzo.
2: The first of, yes, the first yeah, of where
0: we could Alonzo's. say he, he stole that one, but then he backed it up by winning again last year. Yes. And I think if Pete Alonso is going to lose, it's going to be this year. I think if he makes a three P though, I think he's, I think he's done after this year. Either he's.
2: Uh, Well, yeah, I think it's like Nate Robinson where, you know, you win three and I no one's done it three in a row. Nobody has ever won three home run derbies in a row. Um, Also he would be making, I I believe he would make more money again from the home winning the home run derby than he would the entire year playing baseball, which is absurd. (laughs) But that um, just goes to the pay scale of, of of the rookies and all that.
0: But and you know that's not going to last forever.
2: No, but it almost seems like, especially with Alonzo getting, um, I forget what organization he uh, works for now. But you know his BP pitcher. He's got the same BP pitcher, which is he's the greatest BP pitcher of all time. You know the the image the 3d image of the k-zone where all the balls are that's gonna fly around again they're all right down the middle he, he doesn't miss you know yeah. some guys get tired arms he's like a freaking machine out there yeah just he won't miss
0: and we're I'm like same co-worker i was talking about with this today you know Shout he him was out. joking around you know every other person's got to fix their swing not Pin alonzo that's just that just is this one.
2: Well, the one guy that I would say doesn't have to is host just because of how direct the ball he is. Yeah. And how vicious, you know, if he gets if he connects, it's going out. That's something he's still got. Even at 40, he still has that. So yeah. I'm I'm excited to see Poolhos. Would I have liked to see, you know, a Stanton or a Vladdy in it? Yeah. Heck,
0: Matt Carpenter. I would have loved. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was talking, same conversation. I was talking to, I had mentioned, you know, there's no Yankees. But I said, you know what's better than a sick derby chain? Huh. Is a sick World Series ring.
2: Well, yeah. But also, you don't, and that's my fear, is always if there's a Yankee in it, it does mess up 99% of people's swings. Like Cano was in it. He won it in thirteen in Arizona. Yeah, it, he didn't. I feel like he didn't hit a home run for a month after. Yeah. that. Stanton's a guy that because again because he's so direct to the ball,
0: it didn't hurt done, him it, that much.
2: It, it, it didn't hurt him
0: either. But even even I would even say Aaron Judge for a while. Oh no, he
2: he told he said that it meant like he he tweaked his shoulder just trying to hit rockets. Literally to the moon, so um, I'm I'm happy in that regard that we don't have a Yankee in it. That especially a guy like Judge or Stanton who we need going down the stretch here. I'm very happy that we don't have have him. Maybe maybe
0: Joey Gallo could have.
2: Uh, he <laughs> he hit a home run yesterday. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Maybe Tim Lecastro, the guy who's taking his job, the speedster that. Do you – there was a – I saw a video on Twitter. Do you know who Tim LeCastro hit his first Major League home run off? No. Nestor. Oh, wow. It was with the Diamondbacks, I, I believe, in like 17. But, yeah, play, play LeCastro uh, every day.
0: I, I did see a stat that was like current Joey Gallows batting 167 and Lou Gehrig in 1939 with ALS.
2: I That was I, – I, I, I think that's fake. I, I – I I don't want to get, I don't want to get ball sacked. I don't.
0: Yeah, no, me neither. But just, I don't want to get ball
2: sack sports.
0: I don't. But even if that, even if that was remotely true, just that idea. But I mean, Hey, I will tell you, I will say this though. We know he's not hurting the Yankees. No,
2: he's not hurting them. (laughs)
0: He's not hurting the Yankees.
2: No, Michael K. Oh,
0: to do with you.
2: Of all the rants, really quickly, and we'll get completely off topic. But we'll, we'll if, if you listen to the K-Show and all of the Don rants, and we've been go, we've been going over Don, you know, I think we've had a, a portion of this podcast where we went over, you know, our favorite rant on um, on the K-Show, and we're we're advocates of drop madness every March when it comes around. All of the dom bracket, and I was telling you this, all the dom bracket is gonna be that that rant. That it's one just going rant to be the
0: clip. It won't it won't be a dom bracket, it's just the, gonna be
2: yeah, the whole one thing. through 16. You can just play the whole clip, and that's it. That that's the that's the dom bracket. That entire and clip.
0: There doesn't need to be a dom bracket, they just have the don the don region already locked open.
2: Right. I, but oh my goodness, that rant of all the don rants, of all of them that's the one that blew up because it was picked up by barstool Deadspin, yeah. like everybody that was everywhere
0: that was everywhere and i saw i saw a thing on twitter somebody like dubbed like a. i'll have to send it to you but it was the, like metal like heavy metal, metal i
2: saw it i saw it i saw it <laughs> which was awesome and i think they even played that on the K show uh the thursday the the one before they they, they did the, tw- the 20th anniversary show which, actually, staying with ESPN, little turn before we get out of here. It's the first tonight's the first night of the Jeter Doc after the Home Run Derby. Whenever the Derby ends, the first episode of the Jeter Doc will go live. I don't know, and I was hyped for the Jordan documentary. I was very, very excited to watch the Jordan documentary, and I loved the Last Dance. Loved it. Had no idea this Jeter thing was in the works. Take my hype for the Jordan documentary. Multiply that by a million. I don't know if there is an athlete more that I want to see a documentary of than Jeter. He's the number one. uh, You know, maybe. No, there's nobody. There's nobody. Zero. Zilch. Zero. Nobody better in my lifetime that I want to see a a documentary about. The only thing that I can uh, be a little upset about, and I'm not upset about it because we have seven of them. I would have loved ten. I like seven. Seven's a yeah. good number, but I would like, I would have loved the, the extra three episodes. But I'm not going to cry too much. I can't wait for this thing. Um, John, you will definitely come back on on Friday. We will not have can't a Thursday wait. show. We will have a Friday wait. show because of the second episode of the of the Jeter documentary comes out on. This Thursday so we will do the exact same thing that we do for the Jordan doc your number one place for Derek Jeter documentary for the captain documentary coverage is here on play by play radio and um John do you have anything did I say did I miss anything did I not say anything about this about this documentary that you want to express
0: I can't wait. I can't wait. It's just give, give, give it all to me. Just give give me an all now, you know, it's, it's going to be like that last dance level, like where, like during the the height of the pandemic, when everybody was home and away and we're watching the bubble and doing all this stuff, it's like, this was, this was, this was like old school, like primetime television. You had to watch it. You got to tune in to watch. And this is going to be that now again and I'm here for Yes, it. but I don't I
2: don't think to the same level because of, A because of, you know, when the Jordan documentary dropped, there was no place for anyone to go. Everyone had to watch it. Everybody. Yeah. I think because because baseball, is, you know, Jeter was one of those last, you know, baseball players that really meant something to the zeitgeist of professional sports.
0: Yeah.
2: So, there are going to be people that watch it. You know, if this was on Bonds, it, I think it would be a ba- it would be like everybody. It would be like Jordan. Everybody would watch it because of the steroids and all that. If it was the Bonds tell all, oh then God. I think people would would watch that. But with Jeter, I think a lot of I don't think as many people are going to watch it just because, you know, a lot of people. And it's a very popular opinion. It's a wrong opinion, but it's a, a lot of people. Discount how great Jeter was, but because of the because of the vast amount of Yankee fans, yeah, I think it will still get a good number ratings wise. So do I, but like, I don't if you're think a it's fan, going to be the level of the Jordan documentary. I think not. it will be secondary. I think it will be just as good, if not better.
0: Yeah, but I, I was going to say I don't, don't think like, a lot of if are going a, to watch if it. You original. call yourself a Yankee fan you have you to watch yourself. A, yeah, if you call yourself a Yankee fan, you're watching the Home Run Derby and you you're like, "Nah."
2: Some people might not watch the Home Run Derby because of Alonzo. So, if you're a, I don't want to get, you know, Bronx Zoo. Shout out Bronx Zoo on TikTok. I don't want to get Bronx Zooish here, but let's not watch the Home Run Derby. Let's turn on the Jeter documentary. Like, there's going to be Yankee fans that do that that they don't want to see a Dodger or, or you know... They, or a national. Still, or... Right. Well, is not a Dodger anymore. But they, they want to see the Jeter Dock, and that's it. So, I'm so excited for it. I can't I'm wait. Ready. I'm ready. I was... I want the Home Run Derby to be over. So, I have to watch this. Like, I'm excited for the Home Run Derby. It's going to be awesome because the amount of people... Because the star power that's going to be but, in it.
0: But then but, after that, the main event.
2: Right. Yeah no it is i'm so happy for this i'm so excited um i can't wait i can't it's wait be good I john can't either before we get out of here tell people what you got going on where they can find you and also i will tell you this on friday but because your birthday is upcoming it's six days away yes, it is. happy early birthday
0: thank you thank you
2: and um yeah tell people what you got going on where they can find you all that stuff
0: you know, just living the life. Uh, you can follow me at Cousin John fifty six on Twitter. I'm not really that active. That's about You will it. be
2: because of this doc.
0: You will. Yes, be. I will. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. If you want some steamy hot takes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Who am I? am I? What am I what am I, Nick? If you want some lukewarm takes. He does, and
2: Nick's Nick Nick's a fraud. I, I he doesn't <laughs> even get into Twitter fights anymore.
0: You know, if you want some, if you want some lukewarm medium takes, I got you. Half baked takes. Shout out, if you want the BS podcast. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, if you want half- some half baked takes, or you want some lukewarm takes, I got you. Um, but other than that, uh, I don't really got too much going on. Shout out to uh, the PLL. I know we're, I know this is a, a baseball podcast, but shout out to the PLL for having a a killer All Star game this weekend. I don't know if you saw my man Jeff Teet. Was in it.
2: I did. I, I caught a little bit of it. I caught, you know, majority highlights, but I did catch a little bit of it. And that was it's all star games for me are weird. I don't even like baseball all star game. I don't. It's the it's the closest thing to an actual game. Yeah, but I, it's just it's so weird to me.
0: I don't know. This was pretty intense, too, but we can we can we could talk about that for another day. But other than that, I don't really got anything going on. All right, man. John, I will for talk me, to you as always of
2: course I will talk to you on this podcast on Friday and I will see you on
0: Sunday. Sounds good, man. See you. Alright,
2: brother. Talk to you later. Peace. All right. <laughs> on this side of the coin, not the fake J Leo, J Sports and of course, this podcast. If you've reached this point, please like, subscribe, share this podcast with anybody who you seem fit. Please download the show. It means more to the show than you know. I alluded to craziness going on and big, big things happening that I wanted to get to at the end of the podcast, and if you told me in 2015, in 2017, when I started this show, February 21st, 2017, that I'd be saying the next sentence, I would have told you that you were lying, I have agreed to a position at ESPN Radio as a part-time board op. Uh, No official date yet. No official date. There's still some details to be ironed out and and all that, but I did verbally accept the offer this this afternoon, and that's a little late, while the the podcast is a little late on the upload. But uh, I'm working at ESPN. I have a... I have a job at ESPN, and if I've um, been having a hard time today holding it together, and even doing the the segment with John, you know, we were on the Zoom for twenty minutes talking about how crazy it is, and it is it is crazy that a, a company that I've wanted to work for since I was seven years old, I actually now have the pleasure of of working with. I I'm work I'm working with with ESPN. I, I, I get to tell people that I know I have a job at ESPN and it is it's beyond am I'm I'm having a real tough time keeping this together. I, I this might be the first time that I actually cry on on air. Um it's it's just it's amazing. It it um I want to tell people, you know, whatever you want to do in life, do it. I don't, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you, if it doesn't really seem obtainable. You know, there was a point where I didn't think I was going to do this. And I started this podcast as that reminder. And I, you know, even before that with play by play podcast in 2014, and really the genesis was my senior year of high school and I owe a lot of this to my family. I owe a lot of it to my grandmother, who just said, Start it. So granny, thank you for for pestering me to do it because almost a decade later, you know it it's a small step in the right direction, but it's it's a step that I never thought I would get to. Um, you know, doing doing this podcast as great as as a community as this is it's a small community and I, and, you know, I want to continue to grow that and, and better the community. Of course, that's what anybody who gets into this business wants to do. You want to be the number one show. And, you know, I want to be the number one show, but, you know, I also now have a step in the right direction of getting to my penultimate goal of, um, you know, being a voice on the radio and having a, a, a my own radio show it's going to take some hard work and you know i'm i acknowledge that and i'm ready for that but just the fact that i get to say that i can walk into espn every single day or you know it's a part-time job but you know every day that i go in for work i get to go to espn it doesn't feel real it doesn't feel real and please if you learn anything from this show Follow your damn dreams. Do it. I, I'm doing it myself. I'm living it. I'm a living embodiment of, you know, you're just one step away. And the biggest step is trying. The biggest step is starting. I, Aaron Califado, friend of the show, says this all the time. You know, all you have to do is start. That's all you got to do. That's the hardest part. 99% of people don't start. Start. Follow your dreams. Do what you want to do. Because... It is so rewarding doing it this way. And I want to take the time to also shout out um, Brian Mungia. Brian, thank you so much. Thank you to WBCR. I wouldn't know Brian without Danny, without Austin, without um, all the people at, at BCR, Jared, um, everybody. Char- Charles. Everybody, everybody at BCR, thank you, because I wouldn't be in this position right now if it wasn't for them. Everybody at Iona, Mike, Gil, Nick, Chris, Carl, everybody. Joe, everyone at at Iona too. Uh, Also, congratulations to Iona becoming uh, IU, Iona University. So that's a huge step for the alma mater. Um, I'm so humbled by this. I, I cannot even begin to express what this means to me you know i I told john when we were talking earlier in the week just about the possibility of me getting this position that this is you know i was the kid that would turn on sunday uh, on sunday on saturday and sunday i would turn on sports center rather than um than cartoons i'd rather in the in the car listen to Sports talk radio than the top 100. It's just who I am. I, I, I live and breathe this, and to have this podcast be a huge step. It is, it is a huge step in my growth to getting to where I want to be. And I'm not, this isn't, you know, this isn't farewell. This is not farewell. I'm still doing the podcast. It'll still be on a Tuesday, this week, Friday schedule because of the, um, jeter documentary and it'll actually probably go to a friday show again it'll probably be tuesday friday because of the jeter doc being on thursdays um you know i don't know how to end it i don't know how to end this but i guess you know till till
0: friday it's closing time you don't have to go home but you can't stay here peace